Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Episode 101 of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. Without further ado, please help me welcome on Everett. Everett, how you doing tonight, bro? I'm doing good, Isaiah. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, man, I'm so excited to have you back on. Listen, guys, we had Everett on before. It was one of our best episodes we've ever had. His testimony is super powerful. We talked about his testimony. We talked about yoga. We talked about meditation and various other topics. We're not going to go back through every single topic, right, that we already covered um, because we have a lot of other topics to cover. But I do want him to share. I asked him to share maybe five or ten minutes just of his testimony of how he came out of the New Age. I think it speaks volumes when we talk about you coming out of New Age because we're not just on here speaking from, oh, we read it in a book. Everett was really in the new age for years, was a certified yoga instructor, has a super, super powerful testimony of deliverance, of God saving him, delivering him, and now God using him. And Everett, let me just say this, bro. Uh, Again, you are, I believe you are a rising voice right now on social media, on YouTube. You're there, Hungry Jen with Pastor Vlad serving under his ministry. But I really believe that God is doing something very powerful with you. There is an exodus of the new age movement of people coming out of the new age movement that are finding Christ. And so, man, I just want to say before we jump in, man, you're a brother. I'm honored to have you on and uh, God is using you powerfully. You're a voice that God is raising up to help expose the new age agenda. And I'm like, Lord, thank you. You know, a lot of pastors, they don't talk about the new age. They don't talk about new age spirituality. And I really believe God is raising up voices that are going to expose this darkness. And so with that being said, man, the floor is yours. Feel free to share some of your testimony, who you are, and then we'll just jump into some of these new age practices that uh, are dangerous. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Isaiah. Thank you for those words. And and yeah, it's it's been incredible, honestly. I owe so much thanks to Pastor Vlad and Hungry Jen for really seeing uh, what God wants to do through me and motivating me. Pastor Vlad's incredible about that. And even meeting you too, it was like, it fired me up. You're just so on fire. You speak like, you know, on YouTube videos, you got to add like 1.5x on sermons or one point. With Isaiah, you got to like put it at 0.75 because you're just rattling off so much and you're so on fire and you really inspire me as well. So thank you for that. Um, Basically, I grew up, my story is is in a non-Christian home, pretty much atheistic, also agnostic, but very just secular upbringing. And most of my life was athletics, sports, video games, school. Uh, grew up just in the Bay Area, California, outside of Berkeley, California. And most of my life was that, but not until high school, I really started to dabble more into spiritual things or philosophical things. I was very intrigued with psychology. I became very curious in things. And a big spark of this curiosity, actually, this drive to kind of know the truth was me fracturing my back playing football, having to sit on the sidelines, and then for my first time, smoking weed. And when I smoked weed, I felt like, I felt like alive. I felt like very spiritually just in tune and curious. And I began to ask the deeper questions, you know, like, you know, where did humanity come from? Did we really evolve from a random big bang 5.4 billion years ago? And then atoms collided, created the first unicellular organism, everything you're learning in biology class. I'm like, you know, really, is that the meaning of life? If, if so, then where are we going? Where are we evolving into? And I became fascinated with psychology and the human mind. I, I studied psychology just kind of on my own. And a lot of this 
was actually while I was high, while I was smoking, I had this desire and I would be reading more. I was more curious about these things. And I had grown up thinking weed was, was horrible for you. You know, weed makes you stupid. Weed is, you know, a horrible drug, but here I am like, whoa, this is medicinal. This is beneficial. And, and years went by, I, I started getting even more into these things. Uh, got into Buddhism, meditation, mindfulness, um, was fascinated with psychic abilities. You know, I started to realize that life is not just the physical realm and, and yep. science, science is great, but it can't explain everything that's in cre creation and it hasn't. And over the years, science has explained things that we know the Bible has been talking about for thousands of years. So there's a cap to science. And that's when I started getting into the major religions, spiritualities, and the Eastern religions were always very intriguing to me with, you know, the, the, the meditation and, and kind of breaking out of the cycle of suffering and because, you know, mental health, such an issue, have such a heart for that. So get into college. I go to Boulder, Colorado, which is one of the meccas for the new age. Um, there's literally, like I say, there's, there's psychic studios, yoga studios on every corner. It's like Starbucks there. And it's a very heavy new age influence. And right when I went there, I'm like, man, this is incredible. I love this place. And years go by, I'm getting deeper. I start taking uh, more psychedelics, going progressively into this. Cause there's something about taking psychedelics, like you're a, you're a courageous consciousness explorer and it's mm. almost revered. And, and it's a psychonaut is what you're called. Instead of a, like a astronaut exploring the uh, astrological, you know, the galaxies and, and space, you're an ast uh, a psychonaut exploring the mind. And it's actually a very big term. So I wasn't courageous en uh, enough to really get into the depths of it, but I took DMT, which uh, Joe Rogan has popularized. Uh, I wanted to go down to the Amazon, take ayahuasca, which is a longer form of DMT. It's taking LSD, mushrooms, microdosing these things, very popular in Silicon Valley. A lot of tech people, they're microdosing it as if it's a supplement. Um, I was into uh, just so many different drugs, 2CB, uh, all these Amazonian shamanic drugs like hape, which is where you, you blast it up your wow. nose. You literally, uh, you use like a thing, you and you blast it up the nose and it gets you high and prepares you for meditation. Uh, so much more, but I was just super curious. I, was, I wanted to know the truth. I wanted to know how people can heal. Uh, I was big into diet. I was becoming a health coach. I was getting trained in yoga. I ended up getting certified. I took time out of college, took time off of college, went to China in hopes to learn Qigong, which is kind of like the Chinese yoga from a Qigong master. The guy gets injured. I end up going to Thailand, training in Muay Thai, kickboxing, and yoga uh, while living there on an island. And then coming back to the States, finishing my degree, and the moment I finished my degree, a month later, after some crazy supernatural uh, signs from the Lord that God had been guiding me into studying the Bible, because I'd never studied the Bible. The years that I was studying Buddhism, the Eightfold Path, uh, Zen, Taoism, and, and yoga, all the depths of the Vedic scriptures. And I never explored Christianity. I never explored the Bible. And I thought that actually the universe was leading me to explore Christianity, to wow. learn about it, to help Come people on. who are under that deception. Because I believe that, you know, the soul is supposed to ascend over lifetimes, reincarnation, and that people who are kind of getting into Christianity are just going to have to the next time break out of it to reach the truth, become enlightened, 
and then break out of the cycle of suffering. Very Eastern religious mindset. So I studied it with that hopes in mind. Little did I know uh, what God had in store for me. I saw the reality of demons. I was seeing demons. I was studying demons, how the new age abilities can, can, you know, cast them out, get them out of people as a big effect on people's mental health. You know, spiritual beings are real. And little did I know, right when I see the power of Jesus Christ actually cast out demons right in front of me and boom, just miraculous healing of someone's soul. Things that I had been seeking for for many years to, to learn how to do to help people. Bam, the power of Christ, the authority of Jesus Christ was sending these demons to the pit out of people. And I was like, wow, this let me is, just interject. So you, and you were, I think you said last time you were in the new age, but you were watching hours of deliverance videos. Talk about that yeah. for a second. Oh, I was watching hours of Bob Larson, actually reading his books too. And I was like, I, me and my brother were as well. We're like, man, I'd love to like hire this guy to like come out and like help my friends and family and like show people this is real. Cause in the new age, people call themselves entity removal specialists. Mm. They're taking drugs, saying yep. they cast out demons, doing all these things. And then I hear, see this guy with a cross, a crucifix, and these demons are scared of this cross and scared of like, just the authority of Christ. And I'm like, well, I never see that reaction with any new age exorcists. Come on. And I'm seeing real fruit here. So I'm watching this for a long time and it's actually kind of like intriguing me. I end up experiencing and seeing someone manifest demons that I was trying to cast out did not work. And I had a lot of kind of guilt and shame around, dang, I didn't really know what I was doing there. And I could have made things worse. Was it psychological? Was it spiritual? It could have been dissociative identity. So I go deep into studying was this a demon? Is this real? I need to discover it. Bob Larson happens to be in my town a month later. I see him in the seminar and the day after I meet with him one-on-one -on -one, and he's thinking he's going to cast some demons out of a guy. Little does he know, I've got all <laughs> these new age beliefs that we end up debating for 80%, 90% of the meeting. We're just debating spirituality, new age uh, uh, religion doctrines. And I just start to feel that you know, I remember looking out the window and feeling like, man, the reality of sin, like, cause you're, you're told that, oh, I'm a perfect being. Everything's perfect. You know, you manifest your reality. If you think something's bad in yourself, you're going to manifest it. So think perfect, think good. You are divine. You are, you know, all these things. And you're just pumping your mind with that artificially. Little did I know I had a sinful nature. Little did I know I had lied. Little did I know I had so much lust and greed in my heart and all these different things that were being exposed as as Dr. Larson is like, man, like, you know, it just exposing the reality of my lifestyle, the reality of what I'm engaged in. I started to realize like, yeah, this is not good. You know, all these things that I'm doing, all this, you know, promiscuity that the culture worships. This is leading to a lot of abortion and death and unnecessary suffering. All these things just started clicking in my mind. And I just felt that I actually am a sinner, that, that sin is real. And that mm. the reality of Jesus Christ and his love on the cross, like, I'm like, God, is, is this really what reality is? And I, I kind of paused and Bob thought he was going nowhere with this, thinking I was just going to leave there completely set in my ways. But I just looked at him and I said, I'm ready. And I knew that that moment that I said, I'm ready to, to believe in Jesus Christ, because you could research for hours, years, Say going it. through everything. There's always a measure of faith required yeah. to believe in Jesus Christ. And he's always he's, he's made it like this. It's it's the gospel is easy enough for a child to to know and understand and believe. 
And it was so simple. I'd been studying all these books, going hours into these complex philosophies, and I really had no sound like, what do I actually believe? And right as I made that decision to follow Jesus Christ, this sudden feeling came upon me. And I remember I just broke down and I started weeping and weeping and weeping. And I was crying out of a out of a out of this shame and this guilt for all of these things that were in my heart i was shown who i actually truly am and then i was instantly forgiven it was like it was instantly forgiven and everywhere that god had been guiding me in my life even as a kid where i had rebelled it was like i i just became aware of it i became aware of why my life where uh, was where it was at and where I had rebelled and all of these things were happening in that moment and the love of God was just pouring out on me as instant forgiveness and the the, the sorrow for, for what I had done and this just desire to be a better person was just growing in me and I remember getting up and looking at Bob and the other ministers and just just crying and everyone there had tears in their eyes crying and I thanked them all. I went to my car and I just began to weep because I had realized that I had finally found the truth. Come on. That Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Like the Bible is actually real and Jesus is actually alive right now. And I had been seeking this for so long. I'd had so many psychedelic experiences trying to find out, you know, what is creation? What is reality? Piece things together. It's all in Christ. We are complete in him. You know, the, the heavens and the earth were created by him. Like Jesus Christ is real and i was just weeping and weeping and weeping that that he had saved me that he had revealed himself to me because man the signs in my bigger testimony the signs that he was giving me were just like wow like he is really calling me he really loves me this much and pulled me out of all this darkness a year later as i'm pursuing him getting uh, uh in the scripture really learning the bible just things started dissolving off of me. Things I was suffering with, things that I was trying to seek healing from, from different new age modalities were just disappearing from my life. Months later, I'd look back, whoa, you're right. Someone would notice it. I, I, don't, I don't really struggle with that anymore because I was in the presence of God. I was seeking him and these things, the demons can't abide in that. The, the fire mm. of Jesus Christ, the all-consuming fire of God, it's, it's the light, you know? And when we come to the light, Great things happen, and that was my life. And now I'm here at Hungry Gen Church serving uh, with Pastor Vlad. And, and yeah, doing doing the Lord's work where he calls me and trying to expose this stuff because it's the real deal. And as you know, when you're casting out demons and in your ministry, Isaiah, the new age, this is not all love and light. Yeah. Many people might th think, and they're watching, they might not even be in the new age, they might, might not even be Christian, and they're like, Dude, why are you like like raining down on these people? Why are you like hating on these people? They're they're trying to be good people too. They're seeking it. Yes, the intentions are there. People are seeking to be, you know, they're they're seeking the truth like I was, but there are consequences. There are real spiritual implications. There's real spiritual deception and Satan is very real who is the deceiver and this stuff needs to be exposed because I've cast demons out of people who get into this and they yeah. need the demons cast out of them. You know, and that's the power of Christ, and that's what God has called us to do. So when we're aware, we can be protected and, and live as we're meant to 
So, God. so good. And I wanted to touch on that as well. What people that are in the new age, maybe you're in it right now, you're watching this, you're psychic, you're a medium. We have these people all the time on our chats and our discords that are coming out of it or have just come out of it or thinking of whether they should serve God or not. And they, a lot of them get these demonic spirits and they can't get rid of them. There's there, they call them dark entities. There's like, we have light entities, which there's no light entities. They're all demons, but they say, oh, there's light entities, entities and dark entities. And I got a dark entity, so I need to get rid of it. And that's, oftentimes will lead them to Christ because they say, man, you guys are the only ones that can get rid of this. And then they find Christ kind of like you did. But here's the scary part. I had a video I did like a week or two ago of a psychic. He has almost 2 million subscribers, over 120 million views on his channel. And basically he has hundreds of videos where he talks to what he claims to be uh, spirits of dead celebrities, spirits of dead family. You know, all of his videos are him talking through a spirit box. I won't give his name because I don't want none of you to go watch his stuff. But he just has hundreds of videos, but he shares a story of a dark entity coming in and trying to kill him. And he said, I almost quit being a psychic because this spirit came into me, made me extremely sick. I had a cardiac arrest. I was in the hospital, pretty much dying. And the doctors, what do you think they said, Everett? We don't know what to tell you. There's no medical condition. We don't know what's doing this to your heart. But he had all these issues, almost died from the spirit. This is why, guys, we're blowing the trumpet and warning the dangers of whether it's tarot cards, Ouija boards, angel cards, um, the law of attraction, karma, meditation, yoga, spirit guides, stuff we're going to talk about tonight, clairvoyance, divination, all of these things we warn you guys about. You say, well, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is your friends, your family, your kids, they're curious about this stuff. And the church has done an absolutely poor job at introducing uh, believers to the supernatural side of God, to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, as described by Paul in First Corinthians chapter twelve, the desi- the ability to prophesy, the ability to have words of knowledge. Uh, you know, Paul mm-hmm. said, "You prophesy, and they come in your meeting. Sinners come in your meeting, and you're now revealing the secrets of their heart, and they fall down their knees and they praise and worship God and they repent." So these are like supernatural things that were functioning in the Book of Acts church that we're not introducing to the church. That we're not. We're basically saying God is natural. There's no supernatural elements, and kind of just like give your 10% and live your life normal and you'll just die and go to heaven. But the problem is mm-hmm. there's this desire in every human to know there's something bigger, something more. There's a God who is supernatural. Colossians 1 says he created the visible and the invisible world. So there is an unseen realm. There is an invisible world. And we're saying tonight, we're going to give you a biblical perspective and we're going to expose these counterfeit spirituality, counterfeit. So with that, Everett, mm-hmm. if I say, I know there's a lot of new people watching, a lot of people have several thousand on here. What is the new age movement? How do we describe to someone who's new that doesn't understand or someone in it? What would you say is the the description or the definition of the new age movement or new age spirituality? I'd say that the new age movement is a blanket term for these basically ancient religions, ancient spiritualities packaged in this more modern way. And it's very involved with psychology, self-help, but most of the time it's Eastern religions around meditation, finding your true self and your inner chi, um, um, kind of manifesting your reality, these spiritual supernatural things that have existed in the occult for millennia, but are now being packaged and branded as this new kind of awakening, the great awakening of consciousness that, you know, we are light workers sent here from even different planets, people believe. And it always usually involves the the, the belief of reincarnation, um, people who are very into yoga, very into Taoism. There's a lot of nature worship as well, worshiping the creation instead of the creator who created yep. the creation. And 
It's, it's, it's this modern new twist. And that's what gets so deceptive because it's described in self-help books like Think and Grow Rich where you can manifest your reality and described in other uh, uh, readings that people are doing where it's, you know, like neuroscience. There's a guy who's a big neuroscientist who preaches a lot of new age things about fulfilling your desires. And, you know, we're meant to fulfill our de desires through the will of God. And throughout time, yep. witchcraft, the occult has always existed where people want their own desires and demonic powers are very involved. You look at what Satan offered Jesus during the fast, during the temptation, he offered him all the kingdoms, all the fame, all the money, all the women, everything. And Jesus said, you shall worship the Lord your God and only him you shall serve. So it's that same desire for people, which is a, a lust of the flesh. It's the pride of life that gets people into these demonic things. And although the new age is hard to concretely define, I would say it's that idea of believing that you're on the spiritual evolution of humanity. And although humanity is physically evolving, there's a spiritual evolution. And it's like you're on the frontier of mixing the old ancient religions, what they all had that have parts truth, piecing it together with new scientific discoveries to be closer to the truth. And that Christianity is just an old dogmatic religion and the Bible has been edited. So good. That's and I would say, synopsis. too, one of the reasons why it's so um, popular or so accepted is that it speaks to the void. And I always talk about the void, right? When I say minute when we minister to atheists, I always go right for the void. And, and the reality is, if you don't know what the void is, it's the thing every single person has. Whether you're atheist, Buddhist, Muslim, Hindu, you all have a void and we're all on a journey, whether the atheist says it or not, only a fool says in their heart, there is no God to fill that void. So what New Age does, it, it, it tries to explain why you have the void and we're gonna fill it. We're gonna enlighten you, right? The void is like, mm -hmm. man, enlightenment. I'm gonna bring spirituality. I'm gonna raise your consciousness using different methods, whether it's yoga or whether it's astral projection or whether it's um, psychology or Scientology, whatever. We're gonna elevate your consciousness to make you feel like you have a purpose, like you're here for something. That's what everybody yeah. universally has in common is there's a void in you that God has placed in you that only he can fill and the new age offers you this counterfeit version. Here's what's interesting to me as I was thinking about this, just as you were talking, Everett, is that God is obviously, Christianity is singular. It's not like you can believe 10 different things about God and they're all lead to God. It's singular. Jesus is the only way. He's the only way to the mm -hmm. Father. Um, there's one way. There's not multiple roads. There's one road to, to the Father and that's through Christ. It's Jesus's way or no way. It's the narrow road or the only road. Yeah. But new age, and let me say it more of the devil or the occult or the devil's kingdom, it offers you a wide buffet of ways to reach let's just say enlightenment or a wide buffet of ways to reach demonic power or spiritual power so like new age would be you know buddhism hinduism gnosticism uh, paganism occultism meditation yoga psychedelic sorcery divination channeling mind science reincarnation karma all these things and the devil basically says here's the buffet Whatever you want, just have have at it. Taste a little bit. And they're all demons. They're all doctrines of devils. Whether it's Mormonism, whether it's Jehovah's Witness, these are all cults. These are all yeah. things that the devil creates. And the devil doesn't care because at the end of the day, whether you're saying hail Satan or not, you're bringing glory to Satan by being involved in these things. Even if you look at like the end times, there's the false prophet who brings praise and worship to the Antichrist. The Antichrist empowered by the dragon who is Satan. So if you worship the Antichrist, worship is going to Satan. If you worship, you know, the false prophet worships going to Satan. So the devil is universal in the sense that all these things lead to praise to him. Because all he really cares about, chat, and I need you guys to all get this that are watching, all he cares about is that you don't follow Christ. 
All exactly. he cares about is that you are following another way, as Paul would say, a different spirit that is not the spirit that Christ gives us. And so whether it's through Gnosticism, paganism, pantheism, or Buddhism, doesn't matter. What matters is he's getting you to follow this path. And what we're seeing, you know, there's a thousand practices we could discuss tonight, but there are some popular practices that people are using to bring spiritual enlightenment. Talk to me about this, Everett. Drugs are major. And this is what I always hear. I never understood this because I had friends that would always say, I never did drugs. I was going to be a police officer. So you basically, you do drugs, you're disqualified. And, and when I was going, this was 11 years ago, marijuana disqualified you. Now it doesn't in law enforcement, right? Because everybody smokes weed. America has popularized it. It's legalized it. It's now okay to do. And a lot of people and a lot of my friends would say, the only time I feel close to God is when I'm smoking weed. The only time I feel close to God is when I'm microdosing mushrooms or I'm taking LSD. Talk to me yeah. about the not only just the biblical side of drugs and about these drugs that people are doing, but the dangers of even just marijuana, right? Because there's people yeah. that are like, I don't understand, brother. It's not the big deal. It's legal. It's just, it relaxes me. I could hear God clear. Why every, are people saying, now we can sit here and say, oh, you know, doesn't matter and disregard them. But people literally think that are watching right now that the only way to hear from God is by smoking weed. The only way to experience God, I hear popular influencers all the time in clips and podcasts and different things that I'll see and saying, no, I, when I'm on mushrooms, I hear God. And so they think mushrooms lead me to God. And you know, uh -huh. it's good. It's good because now I'm talking to God through the mushrooms or talking to God through the LSD or the acid or whatever it could be. So talk to me a little bit about this whole yep. idea of psychedelics, drugs, marijuana. Why are people doing this to experience God and, um, Break that down a yeah, little bit. It's so big. It's so big. And even before I knew Christ, I was smoking weed for about four years every single day, pretty much every single day and, and multiple times a day. I'd go to school high. I, was, I would literally sit in physics class high, wouldn't take notes. And then I'd take the test and I would ace the test. And I was like, man, I'm getting like supernatural intelligence from this. I thought it was you know, incredible diving into the science of it. And there are many medicinal properties of the cannabis plant but not about getting high getting high it opens doors to the spiritual realm and even psychedelics i was taking mushrooms acid like i said even different more experimental ones and the biggest driver is this this feeling that yes you do feel more spiritual more spiritual things start to become more alive and there's a reason why it actually opens up doors to the spiritual realm. In Come the Bible, on. God was very aware of this stuff when he actually mentioned it in Deuteronomy specifically. When he's using the word sorcery, the biblical word for sorcery actually embodies the usage of drugs for supernatural abilities. Wow. The usage of drugs to contact deities to, to in a spiritual manner, a ceremonial manner. And the ancient Indians, they take very high dose cannabis in three different forms. They've got bang, the liquid form. They've got ganja, the medium grade. They've got chadas, the high grade. The Vedic scriptures are inspired by it. The Vedic scriptures talk about their demon, their god, Shiva, actually smoking weed, smoking cannabis for spiritual purposes. They have ceremonies, rituals around it. The Mayans, they call mushrooms, magic mushrooms, the flesh of the gods. And they wow. would take it before battle. They would take it in, in different ceremonies as well. And interface with the gods and goddesses of their pantheon which we know are demons which are actually deceptive demons 
and the one true God is Yahweh. It's Jesus Christ. But the, the Mayans, they had Quetzalcoatl, which is their one of their main gods, the feathered serpent they have temples after. It's literally the feathered serpent, the snake. Like, who deceives even the garden? <laughs> it's on. all the same. This stuff, if you study history, if you study scripture and humanity and the origins, you see that these practices, which even mentioned in the book of Enoch, which is not canonical, it's it's not in the, the canon of the Bible, it's not scriptural or God-breathed, but we do know that Jude cited from the book of Enoch. So there's actually some partial truth to the book of Enoch. It mentions the Hebrew word sorcery along with the, the cultivation of plants and roots being given to, the information being given to man from fallen angels. Wow. And then all the cultures that are taking these substances for spiritual purposes are interacting with divine beings that they believe are gods and goddesses, fallen angels. The Egyptians, they believe that Osiris, their god, actually brought magic mushrooms to the earth for them to use. And the, the goddess of wisdom, Sheshat, is actually depicted with a cannabis flower over her head in uh, uh, paintings. And wow. so the, all these religions, all these cultures were using this. And God talked about it in Deuteronomy uh, 18. He actually mentioned what are an abomination to the Lord, witchcraft, soothsaying, diviners. He mentioned sorcery along with child sacrifice. The Mayans did that. Aztecs did that. But sorcery. And the Greek word for sorcery is pharmakia, which is where we get pharmacy, pharmaceutical. No, no, not all medicine is demonic. Now, yes, greed has gotten into the pharmaceutical, yeah. big pharma, whole nine yards. Greed is demonic. Mammon definitely gets in. But the, 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 the principle of medicine is not demonic because we know that Luke was described as the beloved physician by Paul. Jesus said those who are, who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick implying that sick people still do need a physician even though we're commanded to lay hands on the sick and they will recover uh, luke was still revered as a physician and likely practiced a lot of normal medicinal practices but the pharmakia sorcery has the usage of drugs for spiritual purposes and these mm. it, the, the reason it's a spiritual purpose because it opens spiritual doors even if you're not taking it for spiritual purposes it opens these spiritual doors that's why People who smoke weed, people who microdose when they feel like they're close to God because they're actually opening spiritual doors. But we're yep. not meant to open those doors outside of the bounds of, of God, of the Holy Spirit. We're meant to pray in the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit. And the Spirit explicitly declares that sorcery is an abomination to the Lord. It's a work of the flesh, as mentioned in Galatians. We're not meant to be doing that to hear from God. And not, not one man or woman in the Bible, man or woman of God, ever took any mind-altering substance to come closer come to on, knowing God. Again. Come on, None of them. They didn't take anything to alter their mind to come closer to God. You look at the book of Ezekiel, the visions that the Lord gave him. They're, they're fantastical. You look at John the Revelator. He was, he was in the Spirit. He was guided in the Spirit. He was shown things in the Spirit. He didn't, you know, use his own formula and techniques of astral projection to reach uh, the realms and see the thrones. No. He was caught up. He was he was brought by the Spirit into that by the Lord at the Lord's will. Same goes for Paul when he had the vision when he was taken into the third heaven. He didn't do it with some formula to, you know, astral project or take some drugs. No, he was caught up. He was caught up into the third heaven by the Lord. So when we do these things, we are opening up doors to the spiritual realm outside of the bounds of Christ. And you are becoming a target for the enemy. And he comes in. And he'll either torment if you're undeceivable. You know, if you take these drugs, many people who take these drugs and they know that this, you know, is demonic. Somehow they might have accidentally taken it. It's very interesting that they say that 
it's always bad. It's horrible. Yeah. But then people are like, Ooh, maybe, the, maybe this is the truth. Like, you know, I'm see, this is, this seems incredible. What people are saying, and I want to have this. I just keep going to church. Nothing's really happening. My church is boring. It's dry. Like maybe this is actually where God is. Cause God's probably super cool. You know what I mean? And wow. these experiences sound super cool. They take it. Whoa. They have an incredible experience. It goes on to mark their lives or shown visions of beauty and love and all these things, who God truly is. And they believe that they're actually communing with God. Yet doctrine is placed in their heart. Doctrine's placed in their mind about the reality of who God is about the spiritual realm. And for me, I took LSD with this curiosity. I didn't know Christ at all. Wasn't even researching the Bible. I literally, on 10 tabs of acid that I accidentally took 10 tabs, I wanted to take one, but somehow got a DECA tab my friend accidentally gave me. And so I'm like, okay, here we go. Some people don't actually psychologically recover, but I was blasted out overlooking the earth and literally seeing this diagram of a hierarchy of souls and these like gold emblems of of souls that are increasing in their ranking over lifetimes through reincarnation and this is explicit occult doctrine yeah and this is what people who believe in this believe that they are hierarchical like they have this elitist mindset spiritual pride that they've earned this somehow that through karma that they've inherited what they have here on earth and the people who are poor like the indians actually believe yeah, the, the caste system, which is still practiced in India, it's officially yep. outlawed, but still practiced in a large majority of the country that the untouchable race, the untouchable caste somehow inherited their poverty and their, their, you know, lack of things because of past bad things they did in a past lifetime. And that's what karma is. It's a very demonic doctrine, yet you see it in pop culture today. People saying, oh, dude, bad karma. It's going to give you bad karma, man. That's literally a doctrine of demons. Yep. And, and it manifests that way in the world that we live in. So it's an open door and, and people do need deliverance from this. People who get involved in it, the reason why supernatural abilities like sorcery, you might think of like wizards or supernatural powers like Simon the Sorcerer, a lot of the knowledge to do that is actually given to the person when they take the drugs. That's why they go hand in hand. That's why all the ancient cultures did them hand in hand because they would receive magical occult doctrine to then engage in that witchcraft, to engage in that sorcery with power. That's why Simon the Sorcerer, people thought he had the power of God. So That's so good. And I want to say too, some people watching, and I always thought about this, like why would, say, a witch doctor be able to heal somebody? Or why would a medium be able to tell someone's future? And the reason why the devil will allow healing to happen through demonic power is to get you to think witchcraft is the way. To get you, I mean, imagine you go to a witch doctor and they heal you of whatever disease you have, right? Then in your mind, you think, witchcraft healed me witchcraft works and it's a yeah. ploy the devil uses to take you deeper down that road even if you look at like um pharaoh's magicians they had power they had a level of power in fact when was it uh moses and aaron were doing signs and wonders they were copying moses and aaron the bible didn't say they were faking yeah. it they were legitimately doing it and then there came a point where they couldn't copy any longer and then they stopped and said these men are doing that by the finger of god in other words there's power in witchcraft but it's nothing compared to the power of god and then if you look at the new testament i love what jesus does because he's casting out devils the Pharisees are telling him, you're doing that by Satan's power. You're using the devil's power to cast out demons. And then Jesus responds by, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, 
that's how you know the kingdom of God has come or has been established. And he uses the same words that they would have known about from the Old Testament, that they are doing it by the finger of God. And Jesus says, look, these guys are doing it in a counterfeit way. There's counterfeit power. I'm doing it not by the devil's power, but by the finger of God. And so there is people say, well, was it fake what they told me? No, it was real. Well, how did the demons know, you know, what I did two years ago? Because the demons were there, right? Someone yep. said, I went to a psychic and the psychic told me the last two years of my life, every party, every time I was this, I was like, well, yeah, the demons were there. They know, right? They're using familiar spirits. So yep. I want to touch on this idea of karma. Karma is a concept started out in Buddhism and Hinduism, and it states this, and, and some Christians don't know, so we're going to just help you guys here. Basically, karma states the things you did, how you live this life will determine your next life or how you re reincarnate. Karma is not what you do now will affect you in a month. Karma is whatever I do now, it'll affect me when I reincarnate. Is this a biblical thing? Of course it's not. Reincarnation is a very popular, we actually talked about this on the last time ever it was on, but reincarnation is a popular doctrine of the new age. And karma basically says you reap in the next life what you sowed in this life. Now the Bible of course doesn't support this because reincarnation is not a real thing. It's again, a deceptive practice, a demonic doctrine, a demonic teaching to make you think it's okay if you mess up this time, you'll have a chance to come back, you know, through someone else, through something else, maybe an animal, maybe a grasshopper if you were terrible, but you have a chance to reincarnate into something else. And that clearly goes against what the Bible teaches. Hebrews 9.27 says, just as a man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment. So what is the writer of Hebrews saying? You die one time, you die and you face the judgment of God. So humans are only physically born once and they only physically die once. Now you can be born again spiritually, but physically birth and death is a one-time thing. The Bible does though, let me just say this Everett, the Bible does talk about reaping and sowing. And this is where I think there's confusion with karma. Christians say, well, there's karma. Yeah. Reaping and sowing is a biblical reality. Karma is not a biblical reality. Uh, Job 4.8 says, As I have observed, those who pl plow evil will also sow trouble, will reap it. Psalms 126.5 says, Those who sow, sow in tears will reap songs of joy. Luke 12.24 says, Consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you? So what you sow in this life does have consequences and implication, not in reincarnation, but in this life. Let me give you one more here. 2 Corinthians 5.10, For we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he did in the body, whether good or evil. So I want to add to this, guys, what you do in this life will affect what happens in this life, but also it'll affect judgment day. So if you're sowing bad seed, you will reap bad. Now, the world has saw that biblical principle and changed it, you know, karma. And honestly, Everett, most people that say karma, they don't know it has to do with reincarnation, but that's exactly. really what karma means and what karma came for. Let me say one last, give you guys one last verse. Galatians 6, 8 through 9. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Reaping and sowing are biblical. Karma is unbiblical. So there is, I don't want to, you know, just completely say, no, there's no such thing as what you do now will affect you. It actually will according to the Bible. If you sow bad seed, if you do bad things, say bad things, act bad ways. If your seed or what you're planting or what you're doing in life is wrong, you're going to reap not only on judgment day, which is the worst 
time to reap. But in this life, you're not going to reap benefits and blessings. Same thing that Paul describes giving. Paul says, if you don't sow, why are you expecting to reap? If you barely sow, you barely reap. If you sow, and this is Paul tying it into finances. I'm not tying it just to finances, but other elements of life. So it's a really real thing. Is there anything you wanted to touch on when it comes to karma? This idea where Christians say, oh, that's going to bring you bad karma or bad energy or bad vibes if you do that. Yeah, you hit it so, so well because it it explicitly involves the doctrine of reincarnation, which is false. The only second death that's mentioned in the Bible is the lake of fire burning with, with fire and brimstone that specific people operating in unrighteousness, things that are abomination to the Lord, will be thrown into. There's no coming back as a squirrel and then having to remake your way up the ladder or becoming an elite over the planet because you've ascended some higher higher uh, uh, state of consciousness with many kind of secret societies. Freemasons begin to believe in that, to, that they deserve that higher caste system, which is Indians did as well. But that, that, that's it. That's exactly it. Okay, let's talk about, let's touch on astrology, horoscopes, right? Letting the stars lead us. People say, well, the wise men were led and we could be led by stars. And But let's just make it clear and touch on this ever. Astrology is demonic. Is it not, is it not tied to sorcerers, magicians? Is it a cult? Yeah. These things are demonic. And people in the church, lots of Christians see nothing wrong with, hey, I'm a cancer. I'm cancer. What? Why are you saying that? Do you guys know how bad cancer is? You know, we use these things. I'm Leo, I'm this, and what are you, and what am I? And we see nothing wrong with it. But I want to just say this, and I'll turn it over to you. And this is where I think the confusion comes. Astrology and astronomy are different, right? Astrology is considered a pseudoscience, which is the study of the sun, the moon, the stars, and the planets, and an attempt to predict future events or the way that the universe influences our everyday life or events. Astronomy is the legitimate science where people study the stars in the universe and God's creation, right? We know these things, you know, David said, who am I that you're mindful? David said, when I look at the stars and the moon and the galaxies, and then like, I look at me and I'm so little and Lord, you're mindful of me. Like you think about me, that's a, that's the, the study of that, the stars and God's creation, that would be astronomy. So talk to me a little bit about astrology, yeah. astrologers, and how does this play in the new age and how is it playing into, you know, Christians today? Yeah. So the ancient cultures, they would use a lot of the constellation names and things to describe the, the galaxies or the, the, the different groups of stars in a geographical sense. Like if you're saying, hey, I'm going to go to China or, hey, look at, you know, that galaxy. We're in a universe. It's geographical. Those are names for the geographical locations. But where it starts to get demonic and untrue pseudoscience, like you said, when people literally think that when they're born, why isn't it at conception that, uh, you know, there would be an effect on somebody's personality? Because it's when you're born that wherever the planets are, wherever the sun is, it determines your identity. So I'm supposedly a cancer. And that means people are a little more reserved. And if I have my moon and a different sign at the time I was born, that means that, hey, I need to look for this type of mate or, you know, marital compatibility. Uh, uh, people literally believe they can't get married to a specific person because they're sign. You know, why don't we condemn astrology as bigotry if someone's literally like, I'm not going to hire you because you're a Leo, you went footwell on the team. Just because <laughs> they were born that way? It's like they, they didn't choose how to be born. And why is it when they're born, they were conceived in the womb. John the Baptist and Jesus, when the first time they met was in the womb, 
John the Baptist leapt with joy, like, you know, they're alive, they're in, in the womb, so it makes no sense there. And people literally begin to believe that the identity on these horoscopes is who they truly are. But who they truly are is in Christ. Come on. And God is trying to tell you who you truly are through his word, through prayer, not through these horoscopes. Your whole identity, if you're following horoscopes and thinking you're, a, you know, a Leo and you're friends with some Scorpio, your whole framework of how you're living and seeing yourselves could be completely wrong. Yep. You might think you're some introvert taking some personality test, thinking you're very introverted. Well, when you took that, you could have just been going through a depressive time in your life. You could have been going through a, you know, a, a bad period of your life. And now you're identifying as if you need to always recharge or you, you that's why you're shy. And that's, you could actually have cowardice. You could actually have things that you need to overcome and fear. And yes, some people are more not as social than others, but the astrology, the horoscopes don't tell you that. The Lord tells you that. God tells you that because the truth is in Christ. So believing these things is is changing the course of your destiny. If you think wow. that you're meant to go into a specific occupation because of your astrological natal chart, you go into the occupation, Satan's going to use that to pull yep. you away from what God has truly called you to do. Because when you're following God, you're following Christ, you're not letting these open doors, you are receiving revelation about your calling. You are in a deep relationship with the Lord. He, he shows you who you truly are. And people are seeking identity. People are seeking to know who they are, to find themselves. Going down to South America on these journeys of plant medicines or going to Asia to meditate, to find themselves. People try to find themselves in these astrological signs and in these horoscopes. And it's a big danger because you don't find yourself. You find a false version of yourself mm. that's not actually who you are in Christ. So if you're doing this, I, I urge you to get out of the horoscope astrological mindset. Realize that it actually is garbage and seek Jesus. Seek Christ. Seek God. And your calling will be revealed. Who you truly are will be revealed with time. That's so good. And I would say a lot of this stuff we're talking about tonight is guiding. It's leading. The devil is, if you don't know much about him, a control freak. He wants to control, dominate, and that's what he's after. So he uses these things to control you. And whether it's a demon using astrology, whether it's a medium, whether it's a familiar spirit, whether it's a spirit guide or a psychic, it's always like, I went to the psychic and they told me I should marry this guy or break up with this guy or do this. Or I've had people tell me I went to a psychic and they said I would get in a car accident in two weeks and I got in the car accident. These are ways for demons to control for demons yeah. to guide you. They'll use palm reading, all the stuff we're talking about, right? To guide your life. And the only spirit that should be guiding your life is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Amen. Spirit has plans to prosper you, to bring you joy, life. Jesus said, I've come to bring life and life and give you life more abundantly. But the thief comes to still kill and destroy. So the devil, and we don't, I, I don't think we talk about this enough ever in the church. The devil has a plan for you. The devil yeah. has a destiny. If you look at Peter, Peter was in prison. An angel broke Peter out of prison. And Peter's response is, God delivered me. God set me free from the plan that Herod had for me, from the destiny that the devil had. They were going to kill Peter. Herod had a plan to kill Peter. The devil has a destiny for your kids, for your family. And we yep. oftentimes don't realize that. Whose destiny are you serving if you're allowing these things? Now, I want to touch on this just for a couple minutes because many of you would say, brother, I would never do astrology. I would never go. But the Enneagram is another one that many Christians are involved in, right? So if you don't know what the Enneagram is, 
It's nine personality types that um, each one is mapped out based on your number. So, you know, I had friends and family doing this and I was like, what is this? I started looking into it. And a lot of you think it's innocent, it's no big deal, but you have to realize, well, how does the devil come? As in angel of light. He doesn't come with a trench coat yeah. and he massive horns, he comes innocently. So the Enneagram comes from the Greek. Ennea is the Greek word for nine. Gramma means something drawn or written. It's basically a personality test that Christians have accepted in. This is massively accepted in mega churches and churches at large. They sell the sacred Enneagram, which is considered a Christian Enneagram book, which I'm gonna read you some quotes from and you're gonna see it's not a Christian book. And I think one of the reasons why these are so popular, Everett, I have a whole video on this, guys. I won't go into the full detail, but is because like you said, people are trying to find themselves. So if I can figure out why I am a certain way, why am I a leader? Why am I like this? Instead of looking to be to the Bible to find out why I'm that way, I'm going to look to a personality test so that life makes sense. This is mm -hmm. why people love conspiracy theories because evilness doesn't make sense. So if I can find a conspiracy theory, to explain why something's so evil, it makes sense. You know, why the government's so corrupt and why someone's doing so-and-so and someone's a reptile. You know, we have all these conspiracies to try to make sense of evil when evil will never make sense. Evil is evil because it's evil. The devil's not fair. He doesn't have to make sense and he's not playing by the rules. Guys, I just need to get that through tonight. The devil's not playing by the rules and the devil's not soft the way many of us are. So this is where he gets in and infiltrates churches. So. The origin of the Enneagram. Um, origin matters. There's a lot of mixed opinions when it comes to the origin, but the earliest mention of the Enneagram is found in writings of the Russian occultist, okay? P.D. Ospensky, who attributes his teacher, the Greek-American occultist, George Gurdjieff. Gurdjieff considered the Enneagram a symbol of the cosmos. Remember, this is accepted by churches, but made no connection to the personality types. It was left to another occultist, Oscar Acaso, to connect the Enneagram to personalities. And then watch this. Acaso claimed to have discovered the personality meaning of the Enneagram when he was taught by the archangel Metroton while he was high on mescaline, okay? So he gets this revelation of this personality test from an archangel Metroton while he's high on mescaline, okay? And the church accepts this and goes, no big deal, it's just a personality test. So consider the Christian or the main book for the Enneagram, and there's actually pastors that have validated and confirmed this guy who wrote this. I'm just gonna give you guys, for the sake of time, a couple quotes from the sacred Enneagram book, which can be found in some Christian bookstores and some areas under the Christian book category. Also, it could be found, which this is scary, Everett, under the New Age spirituality category. Anytime there's a book that could either be found in the Christian section or also the New Age spiritual section, this is not a book you want to read. But again, this is a Christian author that's writing this. Let me just give you some quotes. I have a lot. I'm only going to give you three or four. This is what he says in the book. And again, Christians read this. They talk about this. What number are you? A sacred map to our soul. The Enneagram is a blueprint for developing character that each of us carries through life, but one that we don't open until we discover our type. Here's another quote. But if it's weirding you out a bit, that's okay. The Enneagram might not be for you, or this might not be the right time in your life to dig into it. In my experience, it seems like the Enneagram shows up at the right time. Whoa, that's weird. Okay, here's another one. Coming to terms with our type is a rite of passage, a sacred experience that should be owned by each of us when we're ready for it. Without understanding the why behind your type, we sometimes mistake personality or temperament for essence. He says, so it's worse than a party foul to type someone. It's an intrusive overreach. It's also an indication that someone doesn't understand the power or the potential of the Enneagram. And then watch this, Everett. This is a Christian book here, a Christian, you know, Enneagram book. 
The Enneagram is relentless, and once it finds you, it doesn't let you go. Truth and light are like that. The Enneagram, through its unbashed truth-telling, invites you to return to essential nature, the home of your soul. The Enneagram won't let a sidestep. The Enneagram forces you to wake up. And then last quote I'll give you. I think I now understand why the Enneagram has been an oral tradition for thousands of years. This is a Christian guy. To try to limit its dynamic mystery and forceful beauty within the confines of written pages is a daunting task. So let's just overview this. The Enneagram wakes you up. Gosh. It's the map to your soul. It's a, li a living force. It pursues you. Once you oh, it man. finds you, it doesn't let you go. And people don't truly understand its power and potential. That is enough oh, for me to say this is not a Christian book. Okay. And then it goes on to say that the Enneagram reveals your soul essence in the purest form, which is a new age principle. Oh, it talks about self-absorption, self-liberation. Um, so this is demonic. It's not a path to finding your true self. Jesus is the path to finding your true self. I have a whole bunch yep. of other quotes on the video I made about it. This guy that wrote this um, is totally promoting a false doctrine, totally allowing these things in the church. When I made this video, I don't know it was maybe a year ago, I had a, I had a hundred messages. You can go read the comments if you guys don't believe me. My pastor preaches about the Enneagram. My pastor openly says, my. and, and here's the thing. I'm not bashing or blaming you because you were ignorant, but guess what? Now you're not. Now you're awake to the reality that these are demons slipping into our churches using innocent things like, Isaiah, what's the big deal, brother? It's just a personality test. A personality test that the main guy that's promoting this says, it's alive, it's looking for you, it's chasing you. To me, oh, I'm not going to go too far out on a limb. Sounds like a demon to me, right? No, and Isaiah. Pursue? Go ahead, bro. Jump in. I want to mention something. The, the fact that he's taking mescaline, which is the active ingredient of peyote. For those who don't know, peyote, cactus flower taken by the Native Americans for thousands of years, ceremonially, spiritually, takes mescaline, then this whole open door starts. And then you, you like what you're saying, it's like a, it's like a different Jesus. Yep. Map to your soul, you know, the true love and light, replacing Jesus all entered through that open doorway. I find that very interesting and just another piece of evidence to, to build the point that that is sorcery and an open door. And instead of looking to God to say, God made me a leader or God made me a certain personality or God, you go, oh, I'm a number three. I'm a number five. I'm thinking yeah. like, are you ordering an in and out or are you, what are you talking about here, right? I'm a number five. Like, what are you, a cheeseburger now? But we go and, you know, we talk about how we're this type or that type and what number are you? And, you know, maybe I shouldn't marry her because she's a number five and I'm a number one and number ones don't get along with number fives. Now, again, Christians say it's no big deal, brother. You're being exaggerated. Go do the research yourself. I would say this is another form of astrology. They just package it differently. And this is what you see the devil do. We, the Bible says that we invent new ways of sinning. The devil is always creating these new ways, these new doctrines. Um, this is like universalism, another new age teaching. Everything leads to God. All roads lead to heaven. Everybody saved. God is loving. He would never send anyone to hell. Another thing I want to talk about here, um, I know we're going long, but it's okay. This is all good stuff. Talk to me, Everett, about manifestation. This is massive. It's popular. It's in the church. It's outside the church. Influencers are doing it. This idea of manifesting, this law of attraction, uh, speaking things into existence. If you think about it enough, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll uh, attract source energy and now things will happen. If you look at celebrity interviews, how many times have you heard Everett? Oh, I manifested it. I spoke it. We know Oprah is a major contributor to this mm -hmm. doctrine. 
I spoke it. I said I was going to be a movie star. I said I was going to be successful. And a lot of self-help, a lot of businessmen teach this, real estate guys, yeah. uh, crypto investors, they teach like, speak it, speak it, speak it, speak it into existence, yeah. speak it. What do you think about this manifestation? Some some say, well, the Bible says we could speak those things that are not as though they are. The Bible says we can command things into existence. We can move mountains. Where do we draw the line, Everett? And where does this play into the new age movement? Yeah, so pretty much all those verses where the Bible says that, it's always in accordance with God's yes. will. Yes. Always in accordance with God's will. That is the exact line, and God's will is found in his word. Now, people who are doing it outside of common belief that you're supernatural, you're a God, or you even are God and the source energy as Abraham Hicks, who channels a being. Her name is actually Esther, but she channels a being called Abraham, wildly popular, channels a being teaching this, that you attract everything in your life. So if you're manifesting poverty and manifesting these things, it's your fault. And psychology says internal locus of control is when you believe that you do have power over your reality. External is like, I'm a victim, everything's happening to me. But the law of attraction is 100% internal locus of control. Everything that's happening to you is your fault. Mm. And I've talked to people very deep in it, new agers especially. Um, the self-help people, I, I do see, you know, why they like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be strong on certain things. You gotta, you know, hype yourself up. There's a certain level of psychology that comes with, you know, just pumping yourself up, you know, staying committed, uh, uh, you know, having a vision and following it. God gave you that vision, you know, follow that, keep that in your mind. Don't let the word depart from your mouth, like meditate on those things. But if it's God given, um, but so I can see why, you know, sports people and, and self-help people, business people use that as kind of to pump them up. But when you take it to its extreme in the law of attraction, in the real they believe it's a spiritual principle, a yep. spiritual law of the universe that if you've been raped when you were eight years old or 18 years old, there was something deep in your psychology, something deep in your soul that attracted it. And you need mm. to meditate or go through hypnosis to literally reorient, reactivate your unconscious beliefs because your unconscious beliefs are driving your reality 100%. Now we know that unconscious beliefs if they are not in accordance with the truth they do they do guide you they do lead to things in your life and you need to be renewed in your mind transformed but if you literally believe anything that happens to you and people hearing this who might believe in law of attraction when you hear this it does break something because i didn't even think about this when i was believing mm. like oh law of attraction i want to try this I'll incantations i want to manifest my reality i want to do good things for people i want to be the best person i can be but if you believe in the spiritual principle of the law of attraction, you are believing that those who are raped or abused or go through hardship are attracting it deep down within their soul. It's completely false. It's completely wrong. And it's very, it produces a very cold hearted uh, stance in people when they look at others because, oh, I'm attracting better things. You know, I deserved everything that was given to me. I deserved everything that I've manifested at a deeper level. And they just need to do some more work, meditation, different formulas that are packaged, different formulas that come from different books to basically unravel that and attract your, your true reality. But you need 
to manifest what God wants you to manifest. Yeah, we can manifest things. You can build things out of our minds. You could go build a house just by thinking about yeah. it, gathering the tools. You know, we can create things in this physical reality. We are we are little mini creators in different areas, art and different, you know, your business, you could create a business out of nothing in, in two years, five years that God gave you the ideas for, God gave you the downloads for, but when it's in accordance to God's will. And That's then it's good. by faith that we speak his will and see it manifest his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven we are his vessels vessels and instruments of righteousness instruments for the holy spirit because we are the temple of the holy spirit meant to be used by him it's we are dead but christ who lives in us and that's and jesus so had a lot of powers but when it's in accordance to god's will that's where i find the line is that's good and i would say you know new age focuses on our will and the bible yeah. focuses on god's will so if you if you might say like and you just said that but if you think well what's the difference between speaking those things that are not as though they are or jesus saying ask for anything in my name and it will be given to you or the power of life and death is in the tongue or you can say to this mountain move right all these areas where it sounds like god has given us this power this authority but again the, the we have to preface it with in accordance to god's will like the Bible says, when you pray, pray the God's will, not your will. Um, this is about God's kingdom and God's kingdom manifesting on the earth. So manifestation with the new age or law of attraction teaches, it's about your destiny, your will, what you want, not about God. And so what it does is it causes you to put your trust in you, not in God. You're the one in control. God's mm -hmm. not in control. You're, and I'm saying this facetiously, right? Please guys, stay with me. You're not, you're in control. God's not in control. You could speak things. You're a little God and that can speak and create and do. Now, of course, God has given us power and authority to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to preach the gospel. But God didn't say, hey, if you speak this, you could change my will. It'll be this and you could have your way. Mm -hmm. You could have a huge house, a nice car. Just keep speaking it, speaking it, speaking it. What we need to speak is the will of God, the plan of God and the destiny of God over our lives. And again, there is power. I'm glad you said that, Everett. It's not just throw it all out. There is power in your words. Don't be speaking death over yourself. Don't be putting word curses on yourself saying, I'm a nobody, I'm a nobody, I'm a nobody, because you're literally cursing yourself. You're putting word curses on yourself. But this idea of manifestation and law of attraction that go hand in hand, it's demonic, it's new age, it's not gospel, it's not kingdom. If you wake mm -hmm. up every day and you say 10 times, you know, I am gonna have a big house, I'm gonna have a big car, I'm gonna have a destiny, I'm gonna be full of pleasure. And these, these are demonic things. These are not God, that's not God's will for you to say, I'm this, I'm that. Declare scripture over yourself. Declare the plan of God, you know, over yourself. Don't be sitting there, I'm this. Now, again, we know big mega churches have made this popular, word of faith movement has made this popular. Just speak it, speak that you're blessed and you're going to be blessed, but we don't see that in in scripture we don't say god telling paul speak this and you will be blessed speak this and you will be this it's not a formula guys witchcraft yeah. is formula the gospel is not formula it's relational it's about having relationship yeah. with god so we're not just giving you a formula okay next one we got two more we want to talk about here and then we're going to do um we're going to pray for you guys okay we'll have to do listen we need to do a part three. That's the bottom line with some Q&A. We plan to do Q&A. We're already an hour and 11 minutes in. I want to touch on two more that I think are not talked about. We're trying not to do just major ones that every other video talks about. We're trying to hit some that maybe Christians have not talked about. But spirit guides. I had someone tell me recently a very, very, very popular movement let's just say that i won't mention the name because i'll cause a whole bunch of discord in the chat and i don't want to cause strife or contention in the chat tonight but a very popular spirit-filled movement 
Um, someone was at their school and told told a friend of mine that they were basically telling them, you know, you guys have angel guides, spirit guides is what the new age calls them. And, you know, listen to your angel guide. This is a Christian movement, by the way. Listen to your angel guide and whatever the angel guide tells you, go write it on the wall. And this girl said she found herself something picking up her hand and she was writing writing stuff on the wall because an angel that she was asking to come basically use her and move through her and this is a christian school teaching use your angel guide so let me just say this guys spirit guides are an idea that ancestry spirits angelic spirits or demonic spirits can guide your life um they can people that have died thousand years ago can guide you and direct you and teach you and train you and this is absolutely demonic these spirits guiding you i would say and you can add to it um ever if you feel as well anytime there's any spirit guiding you even if it's an angel other than the holy spirit do not follow that spirit we've taught this before angels are one-way messengers they bring messages from god but not to god so when an angel comes like it did in the bible and gives you a message you don't say, can you go tell God this? Will you guide me? Will you lead me? No, the only one to lead us is the Holy Spirit. We are not led by angels. In fact, Paul said, if an angel comes and preaches another gospel, let them be cursed. Is it possible for an angel to come preach? Yeah, or Paul would have never said that. And Paul said, let them be cursed. Don't follow them even if it's an angel. So we have to be very careful that we're not opening ourselves up even because we're all charismatic, right? Or me and Everett are, and a lot of you are, we teach the charismatic gifts of the Holy Spirit. We teach the supernatural. We believe God is supernatural. We believe in deliverance and miracles and prophecy and words of knowledge, words of wisdom. We believe in the supernatural. Please hear me tonight. We are not cessationists. We are not reformed. Um, but with that, we also, as leaders in the charismatic movement, have to be careful that we're not leading people down the path of opening themselves up to spirits, guiding them, opening themselves up to allowing these unclean spirits to come. Because here's the thing, if you let a spirit guide you or say, hey, I want a spirit guide, they will come fast because the devil, again, wants to guide you. So I would say, and ever if you want to touch on this, run, right? If you're at a school, a church, if you're listening right now and someone told you, oh, let your angel guide, uh, run, dude, run as fast as yeah. you could and don't look back. Do you have anything to oh, say yeah. about that? Oh, man, I wanted spirit guides. When I was in the new age, I wanted spirit guides. I thought they would give me spiritual knowledge that would help the evolution of my consciousness and guide my soul to the higher vibrations, I thought, a higher energetic frequency because that's a very big doctrine as well. But these spirit guides are are used to guide people out. Like Buddha is believed to have reincarnated constantly through the Dalai Lama. He broke out of the cycle of reincarnation and suffering, but came back to earth to help guide souls out as well. There's a big guiding of souls and these spirit guides people believe are, are guiding them into where they're meant to be and that they actually broke out of the physical incarnation, became ascended masters. Jesus is really just some ascended masters spirit guide, wow. people believe. Yeah, he's real, but he's not God incarnate in the flesh and those who don't have their faith in him and who are born again go to hell. No, that's not true. You know, they, they do believe that he could be a spirit guide, ascended master, but there's also Buddha, there's also uh, Muhammad, all the others that are spirit guides. So I wanted to have contact. I was hearing people's visions and, and experiences, even on psychedelics where they were guided. People I know guided by spirit guides and then boom, right as they're about to sh be shown the secrets, they thought they wake up, they come out of the experience and they wanna go back. They wanna go wow. deeper. And it's like, man, I just get a sketch feeling from that, but I was like, I don't know about that. But where people who are Christian, 
need to understand is that, yes, Paul was led out of prison by an angel of the Lord, yep. an angel of the Lord. Angels are very real. As you said, they come, they're messengers, uh, um, but they're not meant to be worshipped. They're not meant to be you know, sought out and praying after. It was the Spirit that guided the apostles in the book of Acts. They would commune with the Spirit, have fellowship with the Spirit. They would pray to the Father, and the Holy Spirit would be the one guiding them. They wouldn't be praying to different angels to come and give them things. God sent those angels. And I think it's very important that people actually test the spirits because the mm. Bible talks about in 1 John 4 to test the spirits because some spirits try to act as an angel of light. Really, it's a demonic spirit. Satan can disguise himself as an angel of light. So a lot of people, you know, Mormonism gets created, different religions and movements get created through these angels or this, you know, spirit who came and acted like the Holy Spirit, acted like God or an angel on behalf of God. But you can test them whether they serve Jesus Christ or not because it's good versus evil. Jesus Christ leads the whole army of good, the kingdom of God, and Satan who leads the army of darkness, the kingdom of darkness. And you can test the spirits by what 1 John 4 says is whether they acknowledge Jesus Christ has come in the flesh because there are many false preachers who are saying he hasn't yet and, and that was starting to creep into the church. But I believe it also refers to demons because they know that God's real, but they don't serve Christ. They're unrepentant, they're fallen, they're fallen in nature, they cannot repent, they are evil to a core, but they're very intelligent, they're very deceptive, and you got to be very cautious not to follow these spirit guides that might be sounding like they're guiding you into prosperity or guiding you into things and relationships, and now you're doing meditations to contact this spirit guide instead of Jesus Christ, instead of the Holy Spirit himself, God the Father, who is revealed in Scripture. You're not going to the Word anymore. You're going to all these different little things. And many times, like sin, people slowly fall away. People slowly compromise. And you could be someone watching, like Isaiah, there's probably people watching right now who are slowly falling into something we're talking about right now. Yep. And, and slowly falling. And before you know it, three years down the line, you're out of church. You have something the pastor said to you. You got offended, some excuse to leave the church. But really, there's deeper things down down there that need to get uprooted. And this is a big one, big one. Making sure the spiritual connections you're having to the spiritual realm are of God. Yes. And to know that, get in the scripture, test the spirits, seek Jesus Christ, because in him you are complete. In him consists all things. It's in Jesus, not in this archangel that might've come on some past shrooms trip or some you know spirit you're told to meditate. It's all in Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. That's what it boils down to for me. So Isaiah. good. And someone in the chat just said, but it's okay to pray to the archangel Gabriel. No, it's not. Listen, let me say this. Nowhere in the Bible are we commanded to pray to angels. In fact, if you look at John, when John went to worship the angel, the angel said, get up, do yeah. not worship me. So prayer is an act of worship. Let me say that clear because I made a video last week on Catholics versus, or are Catholics and Christians the same? One thing that Catholics teach is praying to deceased saints, praying to Mary, and also praying to um, different angels, different archangels. We don't do that. The Christian faith does not teach that Orthodox Christianity. In fact, the Bible, nowhere are we commanded to pray to an angel. In fact, we're commanded yeah. to not pray or worship angels. But I, I want to touch on as well, Everett, you said the angel led Peter out of the prison. Let me clear up something I said, because I think I, I made an error by saying this. We, if an angel shows up to you and leads you out of prison and God uses that angel, 
that's okay to follow. That's not what I'm talking about. When I, what I was meaning, what I'm meaning guys is an angel guide, an angel that's guiding your life every day, guiding your directions, guiding you into truth. Mm -hmm. That's where you need to be careful. Again, if you have a, an occurrence like Paul would have where you're in prison and God brought you out because you were in prison in China for preaching the gospel, hey, follow that angel out, get out of prison. But I'm just saying here, when you talk about these spirit guides, that's where the danger yeah. comes because we have videos on angels, Vlad has videos on angels. Angels are a real thing, Hebrews 1, they're ministering spirits and they minister to the heirs of salvation. So I don't ever want you guys to think angels don't can't minister to us. They're not real. They are real. They do minister to believers and they're all throughout the scripture. But but the, the idea of an angel guide or a spirit guide being an angel, that's where the error is. So I'm, I'm glad you said that ever because I was like, oh, you're right. Because Paul Peter did follow an angel of the Lord out of the prison. And there's a whole thing I could talk about with the angel of the Lord not being a normal angel, but that's a whole nother topic. But no, we don't pray to angels for those of you asking. We don't, um, there's one thing we talk about in deliverance where you can ask the father to send his angels to help you, but they're not your angels. Mm -hmm. You're not commanding them. Uh, Vlad always says they're not on your staff. They don't work for you. These are minis God's ministering spirits that minister to the heirs of salvation. But again, we're not bossing yeah. angels around. I'm not like, hey, angel, go do this for me. These are God's angels. I've gotten literally had angels at 12 years old when I accidentally hung myself. I had an angel pull me off of a rope and literally save my life. I had another angel protect me when I was under a tractor, under a trailer that was broken for a mile down the road. Should have been dead, should have been dead, should have been dead, where I believe God sent his angel to come and save me. And again, I'm talking about real life, felt the hands of an angel break open a rope where I was hanging up in a in a shop where I should have been dead. I mean, 100%, no reason why I should be alive. An angel came, lifted the chain. I fell to the ground and the chain was still wound up on the top of the shop. Like there's no possible way. And at 12 years old, I can only describe it as the softest hands I've ever felt. That's the only way I could describe it. And wow. then realizing there's a war going on. Like something's trying to kill me, something saved me. Again, it was an angel. It was unexplainable. God sent his angel, I believe, because my parents prayed were praying for me to spare me another time I was under a tractor that broke and we were going about 35 miles down the road and a trailer me and my brother were in flipped upside down and broke so I was inside of a broken trailer that was being drugged down the road at 35 miles an hour for about a mile down the road and I felt again I don't know all but I, I was young but I felt like an angel was in that trailer and I had an out-of-body experience where I could see the trailer going down the road from out of my body and I felt as if there was angels in there protecting us and I walked out of that with literally a little scar on my arm to this day wow. should have been dead I mean hundred percent should have been dead so I do believe that there's divine intervention and I want to make sure that I'm clear on that because I don't want to you know start saying angels can't do anything and angels don't have power and they're all but spirit guides do not follow spirit guides, they're demonic. Okay, last thing I yep. wanna to touch on that we get asked all the time that we never have talked about before is lucid dreaming. So if you guys don't know what lucid dreaming, dreaming is another new age practice, new age technique where you are taught to gain control over your dreams. And in that you can manipulate characters, environments. Um, I've probably never shared this on stream, not really ever needed to, but at like age, but I would say 15 or 16, I got very intrigued for several months about this. I researched it, I was trying to learn how to do it. And as crazy as it sounds, or it's not, it doesn't sound crazy, the reason why I wanted to do it is so that I can do things that I could never do in real life. So the reason why it's dangerous, number one, it's not a biblical practice, okay? Number two, it's, will get, it'll get you to do things um, that you'd never do in real life, or you'd fulfill desires or fantasies in your lucid dreams that you couldn't do in real life. And that's why I wanted to do it. Why at 15 and 16, I was trying to learn how to lucid dream. And it's a real 
like phenomenon. It's not like a fake thing. It's a real thing that people teach in the new age so that you can gain control of your dreams. But why would you possibly want to do that? And the answer is to fulfill fantasies, to do things that you couldn't do in real life. And I would say this leads you down a very dark road. I know from me, 15, 16, being, you know, the perverted 15 and 16 year old I was full of lust and everything else. I didn't want a lucid dream so that I can go pray. I wanted a lucid dream to fulfill my most demonic lustful fantasies. And that is why most people desire and go down the road of lucid dreaming so they can do things that are either illegal or do things that they can't do on earth or whatever escaping the reality. Um, I would be, I would say, stay away from it. Do not try to get involved in it. Do not learn about it. It is opening yourself up to demonic spirits. It's not in the Bible. The Bible does not command us to control our dreams. In fact, if you read or study dreams, it was always God coming and visiting people in dreams. It was never God commanding people mm -hmm. to control, to dominate their dreams, to be the, you know, king of your dream. What, do you have any thoughts about Everett uh, lucid dreaming or that new age practice? Yeah, I used to do it. I used to be fantasized with it, man. I wanted to get so good at it. I literally, there's an herb actually comes out of ancient Mexico called Kalea Zacatechichi that they call as the leaf of God. And the shamans would take it to go into very deep lucid dreams. And I was reading people would be there for, they felt like weeks in a dream and then they'd wake up. I was taking this in high school. I was smoking it out of my bong. I was trying to get my friends to like research it and get into it because lucid dreaming is getting super big. And you know, as you said, not a single man or woman of God in the Bible who received a powerful dream or vision ever activated their own lucid ability and then found something that God was trying to reveal. They never, there's no lucid dreaming in the Bible. Now, yeah, it might not be anti-biblical in that sense, but it's, it's, it's not in the Bible. So it's an extra biblical thing. And in correlation to all the other things that are outside the bounds of God, and, and psychics and things like that. Although it's not explicitly condemned in the Bible, it's never mentioned in the Bible. And it always brings forth things, like you said, that are clearly not of God. And when wanting to have this power, wanting to have this ability, and many times it gets into astral projection, people trying to go places, people trying to do certain things and, and have these supernatural abilities to gain information on other people. And even the CIA was hiring astral projectors, remote viewers, and I think it's called Operation Star. Stargate and people are like fantasized by this, but it's outside of the will of God. It's mm. completely outside of the will of God. When any, anyone left their body uh, in the Bible, like Paul or John the, uh, in Revelation, it was it was God who was taking them out, not their own formula of, of leaving their body because demons will inhabit you if you leave your body outside of God's sanctioned will. And demons will inhabit you if you do these practices that are clearly spiritually dangerous and opening doors and i i don't lucid dream anymore i would train almost every single night to do it to get better at it and one time i was literally flying in the air like i was swimming and i woke up and my legs were burning like i was doing it in bed or something and i remember that was one of the craziest lucid dreams i had had it's actually common in Tibetan Buddhism, there's something in the East called dream yoga, where they believe that when they meditate in lucid dreams, that they're reaching a deeper state of consciousness. Now they think that the consciousness, like psychology says, dreams are giving you, uh, uh, you know, messages from your deeper consciousness. Sigmund Freud, you know, the ego or the the subconscious, the unconscious, and that dreams are really an expression of that. It's all mental. It's all the brain, you know, disconnecting from the reality of God and the messages He sends. And that when you meditate in these, 
similar to some of the manifestation, unconscious beliefs, you can begin to know more about the inner nature of who you are. So this deep state of consciousness where the brain actually has different waves rather than when you're awake, like beta, beta waves when they do brain scans, you're in delta wave state, that you're in a different state of consciousness that you can begin to harness, that you begin to learn things, that you be can begin to ascend and improve yourself by harnessing the state of consciousness in the dream state. This is not biblical, never mentioned in the Bible, and is very, very spiritually dangerous. We're meant to receive what God wants us to receive by seeking him, not that's, to create our own things and, and manipulate. That's so good. And I'm and one thing I'm excited about that we're sharing tonight, and you're saying, why are you guys, you're talking about all these practices. We're not just saying this is demonic. We're saying this is why it's demonic. This is where this road leads you. If you go down this road and you touch on astral projection, if you don't, guys don't know what that is, that's getting your spirit to leave your body and to be able to go and in, into people's homes and do things and float around in the ethereal realm. And this is dangerous. And churches are teaching this. You know, hyper, I hate to even say this word, hyper charismatic churches are teaching, hey, invoke a vision, invoke an out of body, go into the second heaven fight. Trust me, guys. Mm -hmm. Do not try to go into the second heaven and fight demons. That's not your jurisdiction. The Bible does not command us. Now, there are out-of-body experiences in the Bible. Um, Ezekiel had them, as you said, John had them. But every single out-of-body experience you're gonna find in scripture, God initiated the experience. Yeah. That's what we keep saying over and over ever is like, this is God initiating. It's not our will, it's God's will. When we meditate, we meditate on the word of God. When we're out of body, it's because God's brought us out of body. If we follow an angel, it's because God sent his angel to bring us out of harm. This is all about allowing God to be the one in control of these supernatural experiences. I want to read a excerpt from Stephen Bancars' book, which by the way, we're going to have him on the podcast soon. We had a, about a three-hour nice. phone call recently, but he talks about astral projection and the dangers, and he says this, anyone in the new age has a lot of experience with astral projection and is well aware that it's not all fun and games to be outside of your body. While it's often advertised as a free floaty experience, it's common knowledge that the astral realm or the spiritual realm is full of demons. These entities are called trickster entities or negative astral entities instead of demons, but they bear the same traits and behaviors of demons. Books, articles, and videos on astral projection provide a list of ways we can protect ourselves, such as visualizing white light, loving the demons, speaking positive, ETC. A big hint offered to make sure we aren't operating from a place of fear, since fear attracts these demons. The demons aren't the cause of fear, their response to our fear. He says the internet is full of testimonies of those who have been tormented by demons on a regular basis while outside their bodies. Both authors of this book have had astral projection experiences against our will. Even I, Steve, has have um, was taking the suggested protective measures. Some examples of might occur while being out of the body are demons posing as spirit guides, which we talked about, torment and violation, demons mocking God, demons disguising themselves as romantic partners or other people, demons paralyzing you against your own will. And then he talks about astral parasites or demons attaching themselves to some level of the solar body. These are all things that are happening in the new age movement that Stephen Bankars, who's been saved, praise the Lord, and has come out of that, is describing. And it's dangerous, guys. So I would say this, do not initiate an out-of-body experience. Do not try and find ways to get out of body. The Bible does not teach this. And we keep saying this again, the Bible does not teach to get out of your body and to go into the spiritual realm and to make war in the heavenlies. And a lot of preachers will, you know, try to say, go in the spirit realm and fight the demons. Do not do that, guys. I'm telling you right now, it's dangerous. You don't have protection there. God has not given you jurisdiction there. There's no command where God told Paul, go over the Rome in the spirit realm and bind the 
principality of Rome. Uh, if you look at Daniel 10, we see Daniel praying and an angel fought the demons in the second heaven, not Daniel. So I would say these are very dangerous. Uh, Everett, did you have any experience with astral projection, anything like that? Were you one that was involved in this in the new age? Uh, I tried to do it, but I was never successful. I wanted that ability. I was fascinated by it. There's literally TED Talks on how to do it. Yeah. Remote viewing, uh, the whole nine yards. I wanted that a part of my arsenal, part of my repertoire. Thank as God a, you didn't. You know, I know, man. I know that. That yeah, that's such an open door because people who get into this, it's not like we're just condemning a practice to condemn it. Oh, it's not in the Bible. Yeah, which is important. It's not in the Bible, but doing these things is bad for your own life. You yep. are giving enemy to Satan who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. When you're opening these doors that God is actually trying to protect you from, if you study his word and if you study the things of God, when you open these doors, demons will come into your life. Satan will gain connection to your life and he will do everything he can to destroy your life. Mm. This is not just us here condemning these practices. This is a real actual re uh, uh, result and consequence when you engage in them even out of deception and i just want to make that clear for people who you know listening to the stream might think man they're just coming down on each each one of these new age things like come on let people have some fun just because it's not in the come bible on. blah 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 no literally try to follow what we're saying try to if you're doing these things give them up and see what happens there are so many people who Everything's going great because they're being deceived, doing astral projection, doing you know astrology, getting into these things. When you turn to Christ, when you turn to his word, when you turn to actually follow and serve Christ, these spirit guides that were once helping you and giving you all these things, uh, trying to improve maybe even your career and your life, they turn on you because all that matters is knowing Christ because to know God is eternal life. Knowing God and whom... He sent Jesus Christ is eternal life. That's the core objective of Satan. Satan offered Jesus all these great things during the temptation. He said, no, I worship my God, the Lord thy God, only him you shall serve. It's the same principle. There's so much promise in these new age practices, Isaiah. There's so much results, actually, of people doing this stuff. In Hollywood, you know, people, these spirit guides actually bring forth results. Even casting demons out of some people where demons are generationally in them. Ancestors, they left the church and they started worshiping this demon for money. And boom, it like worked. They're staying in. They need deliverance. These are real open doors. And when you're listening to the stream, getting this information, this is protecting you so you can grow stronger in Christ, to grow stronger in who you're truly called to be. I really just want to emphasize that because knowing that is what helped me progress in my walk with the Lord and my the fruit of my life to increase as well. So good. Let's pray, uh, Everett, pray for those that might have been deceived by the new age, those that maybe are watching that are like, I've been doing this stuff, um, or, you know, just those that want to be equipped for this to help bring people out, help disciple. Guys, let me say this. We cannot get on here and for an hour and a half talk about why this is bad, why we shouldn't do this, we need to repent without being willing to disciple these people. If you are watching this, you are responsible. If you're going to teach on Amen. this, preach on this, share on this, we are responsible for discipling, for being a place where ex-New Agers can come, get delivered, 
get free, get, you know, get the power of God, get baptized in the Holy Spirit. We can't be these powerless religious Christians that say, leave all that and come join us on Sunday. We have to bring them freedom. And so Everett, you pray for those that might be, you know, that have been out there that are just deceived or those that want God to just use them in this field. And then I'll pray a prayer of deliverance over those that need deliverance that are in the new age or coming out or those that are dealing with addiction. And then we'll, um, we'll close it there. Go for it. Amen. Father, I thank you for every single person watching this video, for every single person who's seeking the truth, who's seeking to know you, Lord. I pray that you reveal yourself to them now throughout this stream, but right now in this moment that you reveal yourself to them. Holy Spirit, fill them. Baptize them with your fire. Fill them right now. Show them how real you are, that they are complete in you, that in you consists all things, Lord. Reveal to them your truth and your power, Lord, so they don't need to go to these other practices that all these things that are marketed as being so cool and so, you know, powerful and so results driven and, and hacking their mind, biohack, all these different practices they're going to that they can go to you, Lord. I pray that you use them for your kingdom, that you show them the truth, that every psychedelic experience or any drug experience, Lord, that has marked them and has seek to define them and every false identity on their lives from horoscopes, astrology, Enneagram, I break it right now. Lord, I pray that you show them who they truly are in you. You show them who they're meant to be, who they're called to be, Lord, and you fill that void that's in their hearts. You fill that void, that seeking soul who's looking for the truth, Lord. Show them who you are, show them your love and convict them of their sin, of every deception, trying to make them think that there's some perfect divine being or a little God or a God themselves. Lord, show them who they truly are and who they're called to be, Father. I break every connection of these new age practice, every deception be uprooted by God's word, by the truth, Lord. I pray that every person watching right now begins to, to find a, a true time in the word a true time of enjoying reading the Bible, studying the scripture as, as Paul said to Timothy in your word, Lord, to labor in doctrine. Lord, I pray for a new, fresh fire for those who are struggling to get into your word, to develop that time, to develop that practice, to militaristically study the scriptures, to be free from deception, to truly know your word and the truth that's in it, Lord. I pray that you do this in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for deliverance, that right now some of you are getting delivered, you're getting free. Father, we pray that every curse, every spell, every hex, every attack of Satan, every demonic spirit that would be living inside of the people that are coming out of this, we command these spirits to leave. Spirits of deception, spirits of confusion, spirits of the new age, we come against you now. We command you up and out in Jesus' name. Satan, you are bound in Jesus' name. You must go. You have no power. You have no legal right. And we cast you out now. Go into the pit and never return in Jesus' name. The Lord rebukes you, Satan. Every unclean spirit of addiction, of depression, of anxiety, of fear, go now in Jesus' name. Every demon attached to the new age, new thought practices, we command you, go now in Jesus' name. You have lost this battle. These are people of God. They do not serve you any longer. And we sever your tie. We uproot you. And we command you to come out now in Jesus' name. We pray, Father, for breakthrough. We pray for deliverance. We pray for your fire just to rest upon each one. And we thank you, Lord, for the delivering power of God. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. What an awesome time tonight. Guys, I want to challenge you to sow into what God is doing tonight. We do these for free. We don't charge for any of this. I want to sow into Everett, into his ministry. Everett, where else can they find you? I know I have your channel link down below. Where else can they find your stuff? Uh, mostly YouTube right now, Facebook. You can also reach out if I have the time to reply to you. If you have a specific thing over Instagram, it's just my full name, Everett Roth, and you can find me on all these platforms. But YouTube is kind of the main place you can find some of the teachings and videos that I'm making right now. Awesome, man. What an incredible... Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.